0: Good evening everybody and welcome to take two. Hope you all are doing well and welcome for those of you who join us right now. I'm here with of course Randy Um, and we're going to take time and talk about uh, what we spoke about on Sunday. If you did listen on Sunday or if you're listening here tonight and you have questions uh, you can type them in. We have our screen here where we can look and see what it is that you're saying what questions you might have and we can try and address them as best as possible and so that is welcome and encouraged a couple of announcements tomorrow we are going to be taking meals to the er workers at san antonio hospital that would be all the nurses as well as the other people who are there uh know what other positions they're called if they're interns or whatever uh people who help clean in fact one of the things that I spoke with um I don't know if it was Chris at Hitchburgers or his wife um is Anna I think it is um that they have actually uh taken meals to the people who do like the janitorial work at the hospital which I thought was really cool Right, Even the people who are there, having to be there cleaning up all the things that go on, um, not forgetting them. And so these meals will actually be able to go to some of them as well. And so 70 meals altogether, 35 at 11 a.m. and 35 at 8 p.m. I share that with you so that if you want to participate in this, can't really join us in taking the meals there because uh, not too many people can actually be there. We can't even go in the hospital and set it up. But if you want to donate towards that, You can go to thegenesisstory.com, find a place to give. We have our Zelle, Venmo, um, as well as uh, online. So that is welcome if you want to participate in that way. way, And we want to continue doing this on a regular basis. It would be great if we could find other ways to do acts of kindness like this. That's one of the things we want to start stepping into as we move forward uh, in this pandemic, which brings us... To the topic. Um, Sunday was a little different. It wasn't really uh, what I usually do. I was kind of explaining how we see things on the horizon and how we are going to move forward uh, in that way. I did mention that we are going to start meeting together outdoors on Sunday, March 7th. Um, I want to emphasize outdoors. We have purchased a large canopy. Well, larger. I don't know. Some churches have tents, you know, like (laughs) circus tents. Ours isn't that big. It's 10 by 20, and then we have two 12 by 12s. We are going to be setting up chairs outdoors as well as a TV. And the talk, I will be talking indoors just because of the recording equipment but then afterwards, I am going to be outdoors with everyone else and talking together, maybe even having a time of questions and just prayer for one another and the things that are happening. And so you're invited to come and meet outdoors. We are going to be distanced. We are going to be masked. We are doing a lot of things to keep ourselves safe, which was at really the heart of the topic on Sunday. Um, let me open it up to you, Randy. I mean, you were there Sunday and as we were talking ahead just before this, you mentioned listening again. What are your thoughts just on I guess the topic in general, the things I said? Are there questions that kind of came up because of what was said? Those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I am uh I'm, I'm tracking with you. I think there's so many of us that are not really sure what to make. Of, um, not only what's what's happening or what's going to happen, and you you mentioned a coming spike again, right? So, yeah. um, I know Rick said that scared him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, just some of that kind of things are like we're we're just. I, I think for myself, I'm just like it's day by day. I'm trying to get through this, and it seems like the cases are getting better. It seems like there's some relief, a little bit of relief in. in on the frontliners side of things, yeah, and it seems like things are getting better, but but maybe not.
0: Yeah, and and that's where I, I encourage everyone to get information from people mm-hmm. who are actually professional, um, and not to just get information from a TikTok or Instagram,
1: you know, <laughs> yes.
0: blurb. Yes. If something can be said in eight frames, it's probably not true. If you it's know, all it, the way true. Probably- yeah, it. it It involves a lot more. And so I've been listening to Michael Osterholm. He's someone I've been listening to who's an infectious disease expert. That is his field. That is something he's been in for mega years, long before the COVID. He's written books that talked about what's happening now and just that we weren't prepared. And now we see that we weren't. And he is the one who I got information from that says with the new strain that has showed up in the U.K., the B one one seven, I believe it is, And there's another strain in South Africa and another one in Brazil, other variants. But the one in the UK that has already shown up here, it seems to be doubling every 10 days, which might not be a lot if there's only 60 cases, but it doesn't take very long for that to turn into thousands. And and then we're back in the situation that we were back in June, July, where it's a spike, where our uh, care facilities are overrun. And They're still very busy, but there is a little bit of relief, at least from what I'm hearing. The people who are working there, um, but the fact that it could go there again, if we are not aware of that, if we do not take precautions, then it's definitely where we will go.
1: And so, and so the, uh, you know the, the 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 general public, people like myself. There's there's this. Uh, there's this kind of you know misconception, I think, that, you know, oh, it's starting to get better, mm-hmm. we can start to relax. Yeah. And that's actually the exact wrong thing to do in a, in a, in a situation that could flare up.
0: Yeah, and, and the problem comes is because we're all exhausted, yeah. right? We're all tired of this. We all want to uh, be able to do things. And, and And that's another element that maybe we can touch on as well, But it's one thing to make safeguards and be able to do things. And it's another thing to just throw caution to the wind and say, it's behind us now. And and that's what seems to happen. We seem to be either or. You know, there's no kind of like, hey, how is the best way to maneuver through this? There seems to be like, oh, panic. Everyone shut down. Everyone close. And then like, oh, okay, everyone open up and disregard any precautions and and there has to be a a middle ground in this and that's what I I hope we can do is we can find places where we can still connect with people but in a way that's safe Um, we can uh, still encourage businesses to reopen but in a way that's safe Um, there's a lot of things that could have been done better and, and I think it'd be good to talk about this because I'm not just a proponent of shut everything down and let, let's, you know, close our economy and let's close our schools and let's just bunker down. That hasn't worked. And it's probably not going to work again in the future. But what could be done that would be better? All right. And some of the things have been put forward, like outdoor seating for restaurants with, you know... Uh, Guards in between people and the workers, of course, the people who are working there wearing masks, those things are all shown to be pretty effective in not spreading the virus, right? And so instead of just shutting down all the restaurants, open up with those kinds of guidelines could allow businesses to continue and things to move forward. Um, Rapid testing. Um, What if instead of just shutting things down, Uh, there was rapid testing available. Right now, as you mentioned, it's expensive, right? And so it's not something that's readily available. But what if our um, government would have spent more money on getting rapid testing out there instead of just giving out money to help people? It could have allowed businesses to continue, things flourish. It's not 100% safe. I understand that. But it's probably safer than people gathering together for Thanksgiving in a small home, 20 people not knowing. Not knowing, exactly. Um, So there's a lot of things that could have been done that would have at least opened things up to be a little bit more, quote, normal, allow things to continue in a way that's a little better and still safeguard, you know, some of the problems. Um, One of the things I heard, too, about the vaccine— Um, getting that vaccine, the first dose, to people who are over 65 years of age and older. That includes people who are at nursing care homes or other people who are at risk with the low immune systems. Getting that first dose to them will stop the inundation that's taking Mm -hmm. place in the ER and the hospitals because that's the majority of the people who are going there and taking up the rooms. These all seem like commonsensical things to me, that I'm hearing people say, but I don't hear the echo of, yeah, right. Which is frustrating, because then it puts us in the situation that we're in, where it's either bunker down, everybody, nobody go out, nobody do anything, or throw caution to the wind. We're all going to meet together and just disregard that. Yeah, um,
1: there's there's a total, and you know, this is probably the elephant that you probably don't want to go here, but I'm going to. I'm gonna shake Let, it up a little bit. There's let's a, go. There, <laughs> there's the other part yeah. of this that's political, right? In that it seems like this this side of people are like, "Oh no, mask! We don't, we don't want to wear a mask." And this side of people are saying, "Wear your mask and wear three of them, right?" Right. And so, like, there's just like, I mean, there there needs to be, like you said, some just common sense stuff that that is just doing the right thing for everybody. Yeah. And and maybe maybe there's. Too much extreme on both sides of those in the media, mm-hmm. and that's what we see, and that's yeah. that's what we're used to,
0: and that's definitely what's getting put out there. I mean, that's the thing that gets the most hits, right? It, it's that kind of clickbait that catches your attention, that allows you to go towards it and keep following and down that line, and usually yeah. it just elevates in more extreme ways. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned Sunday that. There's a reality check for me in just the people I know and the, the way it's affected the people I know. I compared it to the flu, which a lot of people have compared it to. Oh, it's just another influenza. I've heard
1: it, yeah, heard it before, hear right?
0: Oh, yeah, it's just like the flu, you know. And it's like, well, I don't know anyone. I know there are people, but I don't know anyone who's died from the flu. And now I know of a dozen people who have died from COVID. And for those of you who, who don't know, I don't want to share too many details, although I think I did share a little bit. Um, Gil has lost another family member uh, to COVID. That's four people in less than a month's time. Um, and this is just one person in our community, right? And that those are the kinds of things that make you have to stop and say, okay, it's come home to roost, right? It's affecting my friends. It's affecting their family. It's affecting some people I know. I personally know two people who have died from COVID. And so now I have to consider that, that am I doing everything I can to make sure that that doesn't continue? And the people I personally know who died of COVID, we're going to church, we're meeting in groups of people And we're not separating and we're disregarding a lot of the things that are being put out there that we should safeguard against. Um, What do I do with that information?
1: Hmm.
0: You know, is it, is that how they caught COVID? I don't know how you can guarantee it. Uh, I shared a story of one person who they're pretty sure their father caught it at a Christmas gathering and ended up dying, what do you do with that information? Um, Do you just say, oh, it's just a small statistic? But what does that girl, what does her family think of that church that was meeting together, disregarding any precaution, and now someone they love is dead? What does that put in their mind? What taste does that leave in their mouth regarding church and this attitude.
1: Hmm. There is, um, and I've probably said this before, but there is this, the idea, you know, there's two opposing ideas here that one is, you know, but, but we have the right to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other one is, you know, yes, we have the right to do it, but it might not be the right thing. Right. And so there's, you know, uh, and I'm 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 trying to walk this the center because I definitely yeah. I I have an opinion on this, but I feel like you know I understand people on both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just keep going back to the fact that you know uh, if, if the 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 founder of our faith, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> there's a there's a difference. There's yeah. just a difference. There was there was not this you know, get up and fight for your rights idea ever presented yeah. in Christ.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I agree, too, with the freedoms. And that's why I kind of mentioned opening up things and that, the freedoms. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul told the Corinthians, you're free to do everything. Yeah. But not everything's beneficial. And this is one of those things where what is beneficial, right? Um, I, I feel a little schizophrenic in the fact that, We are going to enter into a spike. Um, We have a person here who has lost four family members in a short period of time, and we are going to open up on March 7th. Those seem like conflicting things to me, but I think they can be done in a way that still is safeguarding not only the people that are there, but also those freedoms that we want to be able to share with one another. And if we couldn't do that... I would have to make the choice as a pastor what is more important, right? The safety and health care of these people or my freedom to gather together. And like you said, what would our founder do? What would Christ do? Um, what would the early church do? What did Martin Luther do? As I mentioned right. him, you know, during the bubonic plague that lost millions and millions of people in Europe. I mean, it was like almost. Uh, 40% of the population in some places were wiped out because of the plague. And yet there was the attitude of, hey, we're going to take precautions, we're going to fumigate, we're going to purify the place, I'm going to take medicine, I'm going to give medicine, but if someone needs me, I'm going to go, and I'm not going to neglect my responsibility as a minister to take good news to the people uh, that need to hear it and need to have it. And, And that's kind of where I'm trying to juggle and find ourselves at.
1: Yeah. And you've always kind of, um, you know, whenever we've talked about this, I'm sure you've said this from the pulpit, but just, you know, in general, I, it's some, it's something that I've used to kind of guide the way I, I've thought about this and, and look, I don't want to live in fear, mm-hmm. you know? And so every time I, I'm like, well, is this, am I making this decision because I'm afraid or am I making it because I want to do something you know, beneficial for other people or, you know what I mean? What's what's yeah. my motivation in this, in this decision? And yeah. that's been a tough one, but it's been a kind of a guiding point, a guide point for me is, you know, we're in uncharted waters.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's huge. I mean, what is our motivation? Why do we want to meet? Mm-hmm. Um, why do we feel the need to meet? And how can we do that in a way? Well, first, can we acknowledge the reasons why? And then second, can we deal with those in a way that actually helps our presentation, especially to the world that's watching us. And, you know, uh, I know a number of people who see churches meeting without regard and they have this hostility towards that. Um, And what are the odds of those people being able to be receptive to a message that seems from their point of view, as you don't care? You know, you don't care about people. You just care about your rights, your freedoms. And I'm not sure what they even think that they're, you know, doing by meeting together.
1: Well, if I, if I was to play the part of the skeptic and, mm-hmm. you know, looking in, if I was on the outside looking in, I would think, um, well, they've got to get their paychecks. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and... That is such a reality whenever you have an organization, right? Whenever we talk about church and we don't mean the people who follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. but we mean a organization, a denomination, you know, it could be Genesis. It could be fill in the blanks. I won't. Um, When we start thinking of an organization, well, how do we pay for rent? How do we pay the salaries? How do we pay to keep the lights on? How do we do these things? Well, we need people to be able to do that, right? And smaller churches um, especially have taken a hit during this time uh, that don't have a lot of people who are able to contribute, but larger churches that have a big machine to keep running. Yep. Uh, Have lots of people on staff, have lots of lights to keep on, have a a bigger pill they have to swallow if that starts dwindling. And so does that now start to motivate your decision to get people back in so that they can give? Um, That's definitely something that you have to think about. I know that uh, we took precautions at the beginning with our landlord to cut the rent in half so that that would not play a big part in there. And truthfully, the thought of doing something because of the money terrifies me, right? It, it's like at that point I would I would betray my faith and, and so mean you know my mm. personally it's like, if I did this just for the paycheck, if I did this just because I want to keep the machine running, then I, I am betraying what it means to be a follower of Jesus, who cares about people, because then I am caring about the organization, right? Um, but that's the truth that people are either not talking about or not, you know, addressing.
1: Yeah, you know? and it's a tough one because there is there is part of there is there is some of that that's you know, like you said, little churches are taking a hit.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we're a little church. It's definitely take give. We've taken a hit, but not one where we're going under, not one where we're not, you know, able to continue. Um, we're not losing, you know, we're we're not, you know, losing our our battle here. Um, and some people have been very generous and have kept things going. Um, so we're we're okay, um, gratefully, even though some people have left. I mean, I mean,
1: we're we're still able to step into things like uh, serving frontliner. We're, we're saying we yeah. do some of those things.
0: In fact, I think we need to do more of those things, right? I, I think those are exactly the kinds of things that show our motivation for being here, right? Those are the things that show people what we're about, that it's not going to be about, oh, we have to keep the lights on, we have to gather together. It's like, no, we're going to do everything we can to keep people safe, and we're going to continue doing all that we can to show love to people who are in positions that we can help. I think that's important. Um, I mean, it it extends us, which forces us to trust God, which is a good thing, even though, (laughs) you know, not an easy thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I I think it's an important thing for us to recognize and believe, Hey, I, I do trust God to meet my needs. Not all my wants, not all my desires, of course, but, with that, what can I do then to trust him for living a life that is a life of faith, and so those are the steps we're taking, um you know, even as I mentioned too, meals on wheels, if we can step into that arena and help out by volunteering time or maybe even finances, we'll have to see um, those are great ways for us to be a light to the world, yeah, you know, starting and,
1: right right here,
0: yeah. I mean, we're better, right? Than yeah. where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, and and just I mean, I mean, I know um, a lot of people probably don't know too that we've incurred other costs this year because we've had to learn how to live stream and those yeah. types of things too. So technology, you know, just I'm just you know, we, yeah. We had to. We had to. Uh, I think we're not the only church that had to do that. I think everybody yeah. scrambled.
0: Yeah, and. It has been a big cost. I mean, it's taken a big chunk from us. And I know some people, when I sent out that newsletter with our budget, some people freaked out because how much money was like, oh, no, we're in the red. It's like, no, we're not in the red. We just spent a lot of money. And that uh, financial chart just gave us a specific period of time. Um, and, And we plan on doing this more often, giving updates financially, To do that, though, we are having to upgrade our software because it puts too much of a burden on Gil to have to go through and do this as he is right now because our software is up to date. Um, But those are some of the things that we're going to be spending money on. And thank God we have the ability to do that, to spend money on those things and not put us under. Um, So we're going to be spending some money on a new uh, laptop. I believe it's going to be a laptop that he gets as well as some software and be able to make things easier to give out a little statement of, Hey, this is what's happening with the finances so that people know, cause we, we want to be clear, right? We, I mean, we've done this for a long time. We haven't done it the past few years because of those reasons I just mentioned. But even the last, I don't know when the last time we did it was probably two years ago. We'd give a, a annual statement of this is how much money we brought in. And this is how much money we've spent out. And this is where the money has gone. Um, I want to continue doing that. I want to be above the board with everybody. Let them know, Hey, this is what's happening. You're giving, this is where the money's going. We've never tried to keep that a secret. The only thing that's prevented it is someone stealing our laptop once, which that sucked, right? I mean, <laughs> cause that had all our stuff on it. I mean, fortunately, it was, it was safe. It wasn't danger of, you know, people finding out those information, but, um, that set us back a while. And then the software not being up to date has also set us back, but we plan on getting back on track just for those who are.
1: Yeah. This is kind enough. of a sidestep, but it's yeah. part of COVID in our, in our reality. It is. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you know, I hope you guys will continue. I mean, I'm thankful for the patience everyone has shown towards us and being gracious for those of you who have um, with all the things that are happening. Cause this is like you said, uncharted waters. I mean, we're having to, to go through these things. We're having to, you know figure out how to do things differently and it's been a learning curve and we're still learning
1: you know and thank god for gill
0: <laughs> yeah and again keep gill and his family up in prayer you know um just because that's difficult what they've gone through but we have live stream if we go back to a safe world i like being Share live stream. Yes, Heaven, we will. We will continue doing live stream. But you get better. Get down here. I don't <laughs> want you just staying home watching us on TV. Uh, we want to see you here when we have a safe world. But by all means, we are going to continue doing the live stream. I mean, that's one thing this has forced us to do is advance. We've always talked about doing this, and then it's like, oh, we got to, so we did. Um, but yeah, Heaven, thank you. We will continue to do that live, and it's great to be able to reach more people this way and so we are going to do that um one of the things that i have heard a lot with churches that are meeting because i i kind of hammered on the churches that are gathering together and i don't apologize for that i I have strong feelings towards that I, i i'm concerned with the reputation of christ um but one of the things a lot of churches are saying that are gathering together is they're quoting the scripture in Hebrews 10, where it says, you know, don't forsake the gathering, neglecting to meet together is the ESV, um, as the habit of some is. And so I did want to touch on that just a little bit, you know, and in, in Hebrews, that passage, it's really talking about our faith and living faith. It tells us in verse 23 to hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful, right? So we're we're trying to live faithful lives to God because God is faithful to us. And then it says in verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. So that's the the positive. That's what we're trying to do. The negative is not neglecting to meet together as the matter habit of some is, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see that day approaching. It, it, It is talking about us maintaining a faith that can be seen by stirring up the right behavior in one another. Not neglecting to gather together does not mean don't go to church. It means do not connect with other people. We go back to what is the church. The church is those followers I mean, what was the church in the first century?
1: Yeah, it was people gathering in their houses. Yeah. Or in the courtyards.
0: Yeah, it, it didn't have to be, oh, we go to this building, this organization. It was we gather with one another and we stir one another on to love and good works. Um, it's... <laughs> It's important that we recognize that you are not disobeying Scripture by not going someplace because you feel you are in danger of your life. That was not the intention of Hebrews. And if someone is using that passage to justify their having church at a time of pandemic, I think it is grossly misused. We've got another... Phil it's unacceptable to call out other churches for gathering when no one knows who is in their congregation or what those needs are for not. For not gathering. Gathering. Yeah. yeah, it's true. You know, we have to answer for what we do and that's what I really want to do. But that's why we are doing the things that we're doing in the way that we're doing them. Um,
1: again i mean for someone like you know for for some of those uh, folks that feel like oh my gosh well my pastor is saying that we need to be obedient to the word and the word says that we shouldn't neglect meeting together so i feel like i'm obligated to go yeah and then you go and maybe no one's wearing masks and everyone's hugging and you know yeah. 6 inches apart instead of 6 feet apart and all that stuff is happening then I, again, I, I guess I feel like the motivation thing comes into play, because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot. of, I mean, I, I, don't want, I don't want to get you in trouble for what I'm about to say, so you guys can reach out to me. <laughs> but but I just feel like there's so much fear mongering happening from pulpits that it's it's the opposite of love. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. And again, we don't know the motivation. You know, I'm not going to try and guess why people are saying what they're saying. I. In fact, I'm going to assume positive intentions, right? I, I'm going to give them the fact that that's really what they believe. They really believe scripture is teaching this. And so they might be holding to that. I'll go with that. Right. So that's what they feel, but still promulgating it by fear is not a healthy thing. Right. Uh, to tell someone that if they don't gather, they're being disobedient when someone's afraid because they have a compromised immune system. Right. right? Uh, and the reverse is the same, right? If I were to just say, if you go to church, you're going to, you know, get COVID and die. It's like, well, that's not a healthy thing to say. You mm-hmm. know, I, I would talk to the people I know and the people I love in ways that I hope will be encouraging them to be safe and to think of others, you know.
1: Yeah. In I, that way. The, the church, you know, I mean, all of this is like, it boils down to, to love. Mm-hmm. Like our motivation should be love. Right. And so if, if, you know, for me, it's like, man, you know, we have folks here that are, um, you know, upwards of 65, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Who are, who are in that, uh, you know, you, you may be healthy, but you're still in that risk zone. Right. Mm. And we have other people who are you know younger and probably not healthy. (laughs) They're still in that risk zone. And so you, you have all these people and it's like, you know, I, I want to see you guys so bad and I want to be able to hug you and, you know, just yeah. like, you know, but I don't think that's the right thing to do because I love you so much. Yeah. I don't want to, and I want to put anybody at risk and, you know, I don't, and I don't want to take whatever somebody else has and bring it home to my, to my parents who are in that risk factor. I
0: yeah. Don't. And I know we have someone here who is a caretaker, right? Who takes care of elderly people, right? And even though she is younger and probably in good health and not as, uh, you know, susceptible to a a dangerous, you know, reaction to COVID, what about the people she encounters? What about the people she cares for? Um, You know, we have other people. um, I mean, everyone knows Ted and Margie's daughter, Shannon. Um, She's still dealing with some things. And, And so, you know... It's like, well, great, if, if Ted and Margie are, are being, you know, careful to stay away and I don't even think they're allowed to interact with her uh because of the precautions. But then the caregiver contracts COVID and gives it to her daughter. Those things are a little aggravating, but I don't know how you could prevent it, you know, mm-hmm. if, if if she's being careful and she still gets it, oh, well, yeah. right? But if she's going to a church with 2,000 people and gets it, well, then to me, it's like, hey, why would you do that if this is the situation in your work environment? You know, it's a concern. I would have a concern with that, and, and I hate putting restrictions on people, Um, but I would just say, use wisdom right, in this situation where you're at so that these things don't happen. Everyone I know who started going to a large church that is not spacing away from each other has got COVID. Everyone I know. Wow. Um, it doesn't mean that that's where they got it, but it's a coincidence or it's a similarity and it just makes you wonder, did they? you know?
1: Yeah, or... I mean, yes, or it could just be that because they they have they feel they have the license to not take you know take precautions. Decautions. Then yeah, maybe they just live a little. Yeah, more. it could
0: be. I mean, it could be that mentality just carries yeah, in a lot yeah. of areas of life. Um,
1: but still, but still, that's part of that's part of what we're talking about. Like, it's still the idea as Christians is like we ought to have enough love and concern for other people yeah. that we're not making those kinds of choices because it's all right.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I am still doing dog training. In fact, my dog training has soared because everyone bought puppies <laughs> during COVID. Thank you all for buying your puppies <laughs> and keeping me in business. Um but when I do training, I do it I do most of it outside and I do most of it with masks on. If I'm outside at a park and I'm distance, I can take off my mask if I'm walking a dog or something like that. But if I'm interacting with people, I'm masked and I try and keep the distance because I care about the people who I interact with, right? I'm here with you right now. It's not fair to you if I don't show precaution with Mm -hmm. the things that I do. And so I've got a circle of people that I am vulnerable to and I am trusting them. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting, you know, Gil and Rick and Jordan and Brian and of course my wife and family, um, saw my son and my grandbaby yesterday. Uh, I'm trusting this group to take precautions as well. And hopefully they will. And I know that I am because I care about them. I care about their family and those things. And my circle is probably bigger than, you know, Michael Osterholm would like. Uh, But it's something that I feel manageable. It's something that I feel safe in. And everyone has to find out what that is. Again, if you are, if I was going to nursing homes I would back that way down, right? I, I I would change. I would not be doing the dog training. I definitely would not be as open around other people because I am now putting a whole other group of people at risk on a regular basis. Those are things I just think about how I would conduct myself. And the motivation is the care for people and the love of Christ for people. I want people to know that I think that God loves them enough for me to take precautions to make sure that they're safe and healthy. And so I want that to be my motivation, right?
1: Can we go back to the scripture in Hebrews 10 one mm-hmm. more time? Um so it's 25 and this is also the ESV I'm reading from 1025 uh, where it's where it's this is the 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 verse gets that gets widely used mm-hmm. um, uh, for lots of reasons, and it's a great verse, and I've used this verse a million times <laughs> in the past because it's it's great, I just want to know I want to get to the bottom of what this means or what this could look like mm-hmm. today rather than what what it does look like oftentimes, yeah, so it says it says um Sam already read it, but not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day, the day drawing near. So again, that's the this is the negative part of this uh, encouragement from the writer of, he, of Hebrews. He's saying, you know, get like we need to keep encouraging each other mm-hmm. in all these ways. Like keep doing good works, keep encouraging each other to do good works, um, and make sure you guys are meeting together because that also serves as an encouragement, mm-hmm. right? But, and we've talked, and he so you already said that in the first century that looked different. Yeah. But what could that look like today?
0: Well, I love how the Passion Translation starts this out. In verse 24, it says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to mo- motivate them to acts of compassion. Mm-hmm. Creativity. I think this is a lack of imagination on our part, right? Um, I, I think the creative and imaginative ways to encourage one another can even be through a phone call, can be through a, a gift left on a doorstep, could be on a meal given or taken to somebody, uh, could be on a card sent out to someone saying, thinking of you, could be taking food to care, you know, first responders and caretakers. Um, I think all those ways could be ways to encourage one another. Right. And so I think there's a lack of imagination. If we think this is about going to a place to hear someone talk to us Mm -hmm. as stirring us up to good things, the question I would ask, how are you doing good things because of what's done? Right. So you go to church and you hear a pastor talk to you. What good are you doing after that talk? Because that shows whether it was actually working or not. Right. If they have been provoked to, join in on some kind of uh you know beneficial way to help people great that's a good thing you've provoked them to good works but if you just sat there and shook your head and say yes and amen you haven't really been provoked right you haven't really started doing good things mm-hmm. you're just listening and saying that's a good thing which it is <laughs> right but I think this is talking about more than that so I think this is really about being creative, being imaginative, learning how to connect in a time where we're having to stay distance. Um, and I know that a lot of people are doing that. You know, I know a lot of people in Genesis are calling, praying together, doing things. Ben is doing that Zoom call Sunday mornings awesome. ahead of time you know, to try and just kind of keep these things encouraged in one another and seeing. So great. That's a creative way to connect with one another that's safe. And so I think those are all things that can be done right now to encourage each other and gather together in a way that still shows that we actually care about you.
1: Yeah, that's good. There's, um, I think the, the Ben thing on Sunday mornings is cool. I wish we could join, but we're usually in the middle of yeah something at it. that point. But also, I mean, that doesn't just happen. It doesn't have to be on just a Sunday morning. Right. Church isn't just an hour on Sunday or it's not yeah. a sermon or it's not a, a worship leader. Or a pastor. Yeah. Church is the people. And so, however, uh, and I get, you know, I, I get the want to meet together because yeah. we, we have friends and, and you know, we're family. Yeah. And so it's hard to not do that. Yeah. It's
0: been very hard. Yeah.
1: But there's still, again, it's the motivation is love, right? Like we, we won't, I'm looking forward to March 7th and seeing. Yeah. Me
0: too. See who comes. I mean, we've had a few talks here with just the handful of people, you know, who are working and maybe a couple of people have come in after everything's done and we're cleaning up and we're just talking that have been, To me, really, I don't know highlights of that morning. You know, for me, is having conversation with someone, talking through something, instead of me just talking at a camera. You know, and for people who are here, Um, I look forward to that. You know, to being able to sit and to be outdoors, and to sure I'll have a mask on. And you'll have a mask on, but be able to talk about things, to be able to pray about things, to be able to be together in a safe way. Um, because I, if, if Michael Osterholm and those who are like him are right, we are going to go back into a spike. And I know for some people that is going to send them spinning. And I want to do what I can to be there for them in whatever ways is safe. Um, and that's what I hope we can do. You know, um, I got a message from someone saying that there was a person who's part of our community who is really needing to be there. But if they don't go, if they're not able to come here, then they're going to go to one of these other places that are meeting in large numbers because they feel like they need to go somewhere. And that bothered me. Um, (laughs) And I had to deal with my own ego, right? It bothered me because of my feelings about some of these places. But more than that, it bothered me that they felt that that was the only choice they had was to go to this place where they might be at risk because there's no other place they can go. And so I want to make another place available that they can go to not be as at risk and still get what they need. And that's my hope for us meeting on March 7th and to start doing that. Um, it would be great if that worked out. And if we need to buy another canopy, we'll, we'll buy another canopy. We got a good deal uh, on the canopy. So, um, those are things that we can do. And maybe that will be a, a new development in ministry, you know, just being able to be together because people feel they want to, but they're afraid to be indoors. I know some churches are meeting like in their cars where you can tune in. Um, Other churches have facilities where they can meet outside, you know, which is great. I'm glad for churches like that. Again, I just want to make sure if I was driving by or if someone drives by our parking lot and sees us meeting, I don't want them to see us all huddled together, you know, close together and meeting together, disregarding the safety of people and them think, what are they doing? You know, don't they know there's a pandemic? It's like when I drive by out back and I see the patio and it's covered completely. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not outside. That's, <laughs> that's worse. Now you,
1: you've created a greenhouse. Exactly. <laughs> you've you
0: got a little environment for spreading things. Um, so I don't want it to I don't want people to look at us and say we're not being safe. They should be able to look and go, "Oh, look at their distance. They're outside. They're concerned about people." Um, because we're concerned on a lot of levels, you know. We're concerned on the health and safety of people not getting COVID. We're concerned on the level of people going through depression and suffering from isolation and, and some of the syndromes that come with that. I mean, there's a real PTSD that's developing with people in this whole time where they just feel panicked. You know, I mean, I'm texting and talking to a few people where they're just like, man, I'm having a real hard time, really lonely, I really feel isolated, I don't want to reach out to anybody, and, you know, after a while, they don't answer my calls, they don't answer my texts, and it's like, how are you, what's going on, and I worry about them, you know, because there is a whole other element of people who aren't safe now, and are at risk of, you know, suicide, or, uh, addiction and, and problems that could develop because of all that's happening. So
1: there's a, um, so to to Bree's point, I mean, I think she's, she's, re- she's, re- she's reacting to some of the, the pastors that are meeting currently mm-hmm. in, their, in their big congregations and, and saying that everybody else is wrong for not yeah. meeting or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not cool. <laughs> because there's a, there's a, we're in such a different state of, of, you know, like yeah, everything is such, it's, it's such a, it's such a hard place for everybody because there are yeah. people who are lonely. There are people who are depressed. There are people who, um, you know, I understand that domestic violence is yeah. through the roof because of like the situations happening. There's just so much going on but we have to learn how to be a church without walls, mm-hmm. you know, pardon the, the cliche, but really that's, yeah. that's where we're at. We have yeah. to learn how to step into this. And, and it, as you know, you know, like to, to heaven's question, you know, uh, she called it safe, this return to a safe world. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I hope we do, but I hope that it's never, I hope that we never take for granted what we learn during this time.
0: Yeah, and I hope we become more, not less, because of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, And yeah, I mean, when I hear a pastor, because I've been listening, especially before I did the talk Sunday, I listened to a few people who are meeting and wanted to get their viewpoint. And when I hear them calling out and saying, "We're, you know, all those pastors who are not meeting together, that's because of a lack of faith and those things," it's like, you know, like Bree said you don't know the people in our congregation. What what if they are all elderly? What if they all have, uh, you know, preconditions that are susceptible, bad immune systems? How how can you tell us what we should do when you don't know who we are, right? And, and so I don't want to do the reverse and just throw that at them and say, well, you guys are all doing this. But I am coming at this as in a place where we are to live at peace with all men. I mean, I shared that passage um, in Romans last week, uh, Romans 14, where it says, So then, make it your top priority to live at peace and in harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Stop ruining the work of God by insisting on your own opinions about food at this point. But it could be about COVID. All right, I'm going to insist on my opinion, but instead, right? we can eat anything, we can do this, but I don't want to do anything that offends someone. I don't want to offend the people who drive by and see us showing disregard for the health of people. I don't want to offend those people. Um, I've shared this uh, quote from Irwin before. I'd rather make a thousand Christians angry with the privilege of journeying with one person to Christ, right? Right? I'm not here to please people so that they like me because I'm following in step with what they think I should do. I'm here to win people to the cause of Christ. I think that's our agenda and how can I best do that? I can't do that if I am putting up an example that they see as hostile and uncaring, right? I mean, and this is kind of something that we talked about back when the whole political thing was going, which, you know, that was a lot of fun, Um, just caused a whole uproar there. How can I best portray myself as a follower of Jesus that can reach people who need to hear his love for them? And and that's what I want to do. And that's what we want to try and do here at this time. And that includes so many different people. And so... That's where we kind of find ourselves at.
1: So, so then to be clear, Mm -hmm. you're not for massive lockdowns and shutdowns and no, no, I'm not for for wearing seven masks. No,
0: I'm not. I, I am for being aware, being informed and moving forward in a way that seems to make sense. According to science, according to the cares and needs of the people, um, and I think it can be done. There's no, no, no way it's going to be perfect, right? You, you can't stop everyone from doing things and you can't um, disregard things and it not have an effect. There's got to be a way to understand what's happening and live in such a way that is going to help things move forward in a better way and not in a way that's more detrimental. The virus is going to spread if we think it's not there, and if we don't regard it at all. The, the spread rate will decline if we take precautions, find out who has it so that they don't meet, uh, which could be, again, the rapid testing Um, vaccinate the people who are most at risk so that they don't overwhelm our healthcare system, because that's what's happening. Um, that's the concern you know, people talk about percentages. Oh, the percentages, you know, people die is so low. It's like, but the percentage of people in the hospital is so high. And the amount of time that they're staying there is so high. And the amount of cost it is the health system is incurring is so high. Those are things that we can deal with and help can't stop everyone from you know getting the virus or but we can stop a lot of people from getting it and we can stop the people who are most at risk from having such a severe effect by it that it harms them kills them or um the system that's trying to care for all of us all right. that's kind of how i, I see it you that's know it. That's yeah. in the and, and you know just be careful what you listen to out there Um, there are so many things again, I, it bothered me that a pastor who talks to so many people would say something like, I don't know if the vaccine is safe or not. It's like, I understand there's been people who have died from the vaccine, but the number is small and it's usually the people who are already very old. And there's already a percentage of those people who die even in that time period, whether it was vaccinated or not. I think those are the kinds of things that get blown up. And like you were talking about, you know, get that mass hysteria. But this pastor went on and said, I don't know if you should get it or not. I don't know if it's going to have, you know, these other biochemical things that can trace you or not. It's like, what are you <laughs> saying? You know what? It's again during up the fear. Um, be careful who you listen to. If you want to find out what's in the vaccine, talk about the people who are putting it together? Because it's not just one person; it's not just Bill Gates. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who have been involved and invested in putting this vaccine together. Who are working tirelessly to try and make this world better, and to disregard them and throw them into this Illuminati kind of whatever state. I, I feel is really just not not cool. Disregarding their hard work and what they're doing to try and make the world safer. Um, Every vaccine has a risk. Um, it, it's always That's been. True. There's always a risk, um, but the risk for not getting it to the people who need it is greater. And again, eighty percent of the people dying, over eighty percent of the people dying from COVID, are in the elderly range or have these other system or problems in their system. You know, immune system problems. So let's get them vaccinated so that we can help those who are the least of these and care for them and show God's love to them in that way.
1: Oh, amen to that.
0: Okay. Well, we're coming on about an hour, 55 minutes. So we'll, we'll close this up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Those who you watch now and those who will watch later. Thanks heaven, Brianna for the comments and putting in there And heaven. I'm glad you laughed at the fact that you got to come down here. <laughs> uh because we do miss you, um, we miss your family. I saw your mom at Walmart the other day, and she asked, you know, how is, when are we going to meet? Isn't God a creator of science? <laughs> yep, God created science. Um, yeah, there, there, <laughs> there, there shouldn't be a division between science and faith. Um, they're not in contradiction to each other. So good point there too. Um, Take care, you guys. Love you, miss you, and stay tuned for the things that are going on. Again, be praying for uh, the Escalera family as they've lost another family member to COVID. And uh, praying for our uh, work tomorrow as we deliver the meals to the healthcare workers Uh, that we present, again, a a good example of Jesus to them and to our community. Love you guys. Miss you. And hope to see you on the 7th, at least some of you who feel safe enough to come out. And we will take this day by day. God bless, guys. Take care.
1: You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings.